How are we doing, people? Uh, welcome back to the In My Prime podcast. I'm going to try to be quiet here or speak in a more monotone, quiet voice. I guess I kind of do speak in a pretty monotone voice most of the time. But I am recording this very late in the uh, very late in the day or in the night. Um, Three o'clock a.m. where I'm at right now. And uh, I think, I hope that the roommates are sleeping. I mean, unless they're a fucking gambling sicko like me, which they're not for the most part. Um, I think most normal people are probably asleep by now. So, yeah, like I said, man, you're going to try to keep my voice down a little bit, but... I do have a pretty massive pod, or massive volume of plays for the pod here. Uh, I got six plays, um, full write-ups, full analysis is coming to you, and uh, I want to get this done because I want to sleep. I want to be able to sleep in, and in order for me to get some sleep, I have to finish this podcast, so I'm going to start with that. So, um, first play. I went with Draymond Green over six and a half rebounds, uh, minus 135 at DK. So Draymond, um, as a starter, and with Looney not starting this year, Draymond, he has 9, 14, 6, 12, and 6, or <laughs> 9, 14, 6, 12, 6, and 10 rebounds. So he's over in 4 out of 6, but he's had 6 plus in every game. This is a 6 and a half line. One of the 6 rebound games was against Embiid as well. So, obviously, that's like a brutal matchup. He was guarding Embiid, and, I mean, he's not going to be focused on rebounding. Um, he's had 27 or more minutes in all five games since starting again. And uh, the 27 minutes, that was a blowout win uh, for the Dubs. So, 27 minutes probably seems like pretty close to a floor here for Draymond. Uh, with 27% or 27 uh, or more minutes since last year, he's over in 56% of games. And a ton of those games were with the lineup they ran last year with uh, Looney starting. So, uh, just a much better, uh, just a much better rebounding spots for him with uh, him not sharing the floor with Looney anymore. Uh, Steve Kerr kind of came out and said it. It's like Looney and Dre they can't share the floor anymore. The spacing's too bad. So, uh, Looney obviously a very good rebounder. Uh, they do not share the floor anymore. So. Uh, this year, Draymond, he's averaging 7.6 rebounds per 30 minutes with Looney off. Wiggins, uh, he missed the last game. Uh, he is probable here, which means Brandon Podjemski, who is like a very, very willing, very good rebounder, um, he will likely go back to the bench. So, in theory, less minutes alongside Podjemski for Draymond uh, is less re- rebounding competition amongst teammates. So, I like that. Wiggins is probable here as well. Philly, over the last 15 games, they've been an awful rebounding team. Uh, They allow the fifth most rebounds per game, and some of those games, they had Joel. So uh, now Paul Reed's in there. Paul Reed is like 10 times better rebounding matchup than Joel. Uh, Paul Reed's like 6'9", 2'10", or something like that. Uh, Actually, I do know that because I just searched it up. (laughs) He's 6'9", 2'10". He's not a great rebounder. Uh, He doesn't stretch the floor. He has low usage. It's just like that's like every box you want for a rebounding matchup is checked with uh, with Paul Reed as the starting center. Uh, last three games since Embiid went out, we saw Dwight Powell, who was like really the only true center for the Mavericks. He had seven rebounds in 16 minutes. Uh, Claxton had 15 rebounds in 26 minutes. John Collins had nine rebounds in 34 minutes. And then Walker Kessler only played 14 minutes, but he managed to get seven rebounds in those 14 minutes. So yeah, man, um, 
76ers been a terrible rebounding team uh, as of recent. Obviously, no Joel makes that way, way worse, makes the matchup for Draymond way easier to rebound in. And, like, just uh, Draymond's new role as start, starting center, um, this line just feels short to begin with, and I think it's a really good matchup. So it is minus 135, but I think the juice is worth a squeeze here. Uh, next play, uh, back another big man here. I played Jakob Pertl over 19.5 points and rebounds. Uh, it was minus 115 at FanDuel. So in a blowout game, uh, in a blowout last game, Pirtle, he played 18 first half minutes, which is important because um, he was pacing for 36, obviously. Uh, the game ended up being a massive blowout, so he only had like 28 or something. But he played 18 first half minutes, and that was on the second half of a back-to-back coming off of 33 minutes. So Pirtle, he's recently came back from injury. Seeing this, um, it's safe to say, in my opinion, that his minutes are back to 100%. Uh, post the OG trade, when they lost Precious and OG, obviously, uh, Pirtle, he was playing massive minutes. Um, he had 35, 37, 33, 22 in a game that he fouled out in, and then 31 in the game that he got hurt in. Uh, so yeah, he was playing massive minutes. Uh, with 27 or more minutes this year, Pirtle, he's over in 14 out of 20 games, and realistically, um, close game, avoids foul trouble, he's probably penciled in for 32 to 36-ish minutes. Uh, he's playing the Hornets. Like, I could sit here all day and spew numbers about how bad the Hornets are. But, I mean, I'm just going to use these. Last 15 games against centers, they allow the second most points per game, third most rebounds per game. I mean, it's not fucking rocket science or breaking knowledge, breaking new knowledge that the Hornets are terrible against centers. They've been this way, honestly, since I think I started betting. But nothing has changed this year. Nick Richards, um, not a good center, not a good defender doesn't stretch the floor not a great rebounder um it's just they're really bad down low so yeah man all in all uh hornets are top tier matchup for big men and the books i think are very slow to adjust to the minutes he should he's gonna be getting all right uh third play i went with tyler hero over 16 and a half points at minus 118 at fanduel um Basically, man, I will happily play a 16.5-point line for Tyler Hero against the Spurs. So this is a back-to-back game. Uh, Hero's young. I don't think that affects him at all. Uh, weirdly, he only got 26 minutes last night. Um, I watched this game because I was sweating out a BAM double-double, which, of course, didn't fucking happen. Um, his minute rotation, like he was just kind of off the court for a fourth-quarter run that they went on. Um, so I think that that might be why it was also a blowout. Um, I just don't think that the 26 minutes, like, maybe the minutes are going to slow be a little bit down with the Terry trade, but I think that most nights he should be around 30 to 36 minutes still. Um, could be wrong there, but that's just that's what I'm projecting. So um, the spot game. Uh, they're playing the Spurs. Um, Jimmy against shitty teams uh, means that he probably really doesn't shoot much unless... He has to, uh, unless the Heat are losing or playing like shit. Um, uh, Jimmy against bad team in the regular season just historically has been a spot where he is not very aggressive. Uh, Bam will also have Wemby on him. I think that Wemby's length uh, for what Bam likes to do could give him fits as well. Um, So recently the Spurs, they've actually been a pretty league average defense, Um, but they really do have, like, shit personnel outside of Wemby's rim protection on defense, and 
for like the year they've been a bottom defense all year. Uh, Sohan, who is a pretty solid defender, he'll take Jimmy. Uh, so yeah, I think that like Tyler Hero probably gets like Devin Vassell or something should be a pretty easy matchup. Uh, Hero, his usage uh, since a ter- Terry trade, um, it was 25.9 pre-Terry, 23.9 post-Terry. Um, obviously a slight dip, but not a huge difference. So thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, Hero, he's under in the last three games. Uh, I saw some quotes. So, like You can tell he's a little bit frustrated um, in a couple quotes about uh, just not really getting his shots, not really... Um, well, not, not like kind of just being forced to play a new role. Um, yeah, so like I said, he's under in his last three games, but Hero, he's a score first guard. Like, that's his mindset when he's on the court. He's never afraid to take shots. Um, dude's always itching to score. So I think that uh, even though he's under in the last three, I think he's going to be hungry to drop a 20-piece or something like that. Um, obviously, has a really good hit rate. He's over in 13 out of 16 home games this year. He has 14-plus points at every single home game, so just a three-pointer away. So yeah, man, in my opinion, uh, I think this is just like a really good get-right spot for Hero. I mean, a 16-and-a-half line against a bad defense is a very good number as well, obviously. So yeah, man, uh, Hero been frustrated. I think that this is a spot where, I mean, Jimmy won't care about shooting really. Tough matchup for Bam. So 16-and-a-half uh, for Hero. I had to play it as soon as I saw it, especially given the spot, given the team that they're playing. is not all that good at defense. Next up, um, I played James Harden over eight and a half assists. Um, so yeah, Harden, he's been torching this number. He's over in uh, last 20 out of 30 games. He's averaging 9.6 assists over that span. Uh, Pelicans, sneakily a pretty good defense to attack assist against. Um, so Harden played the Pelicans twice. He's had 10 and 13 assists versus the Pels. He's averaging seven potential assists or 17 potential assists in those games. On the year, uh, Harden, like, a lot of his passes are lobs. A lot of his passes are getting dudes wide open layups. So he has a really high conversion rate. Um, he has a conversion rate of of 63.7% of his potential assists. So if you take 17 potentials, which is what he's averaged in two games against the Pelicans, on average, that will lead to 10.8 assists per game. Uh, Pelicans. So why this is a sneaky good matchup is that they they allow the second fewest points per game to pick and roll handlers. So they don't let them really get off shots. Um, obviously Harden, that's his game, pick and roll. They don't really let pick and roll handlers get off shots. Uh, but what they the type of shots that they allow, um, they have the second highest catch and shoot frequency last ten, last fifteen games. So those are the shots that they give up. So um, really don't allow much shots to pick-and-roll handlers, but they do allow a lot of catch-and-shoot, which to me is pretty telling. I mean, obviously, that they force the ball out of the pick-and-roll handlers' hands and live or die by teams shooting the ball. Uh, and Harden's assist numbers, I mean, versus the Pelicans this year, reflect that. Uh, potential assists, actual assists, all that. Uh, last 15 games, Pelicans, they allow the 12th most assists per game to point guards, despite being a pretty solid overall defense. And I actually did... Like, this is just like a, you're going to have to take my word for it. <laughs> I did look back at, like, the teams that they play or the point guards that they've went up against, and, like, really all of them are pretty low assist volume point guards. So, um, like I said, I <laughs> don't have those numbers right in front of my face, but that's just something I noticed when looking into it myself. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is the starting center for the Pelicans, and he is not good at pick-and-roll defense. So, um, I think that Harden will be able to get to his bigs, a couple easy lobs, layups here with Jonas 
being the one in coverage. See, I'm at all, all, all Harden. He's just been crushing eight and a half lines. Uh, he's had a lot of success uh, assessing the ball against the Pelicans this year. They're a sneaky good matchup um, for guards to assist in. And yeah, man, uh, give me a good matchup, good hit rate. And I am all good with that. Next up, I played Chris Tapps for Zingas over six and a half rebounds. It's minus 135 at DraftKings. So Chris Tapps obviously been a little bit banged up throughout the year. He's healthy right now. Uh, he literally just played 28 minutes in a 40-point win. So uh, 28 minutes should be pretty close to a floor for his minutes This uh, for his minutes in this one. Uh, with 27 or more minutes this year, he's over in 19 out of 28 games. He's averaging 7.8 rebounds per game in those games, and he has 6 or more rebounds in 25 out of 28 games. So, obviously, we need 7, but, like, it's very encouraging knowing that he's just one away. and He's hit or is one away in 25 out of 28 games with 27 or more minutes. Uh, this Hawks matchup, it is very juicy, let me tell you, especially with Clint Capella out. So, last 15 games, the Hawks, they allow the 8th most rebounds per game overall and the 6th most to centers. Um, it's fair to assume that without their best rebounder in Clint Capella and replacing him with a 6'9 undersized big in Onyeko Kangu, who is nowhere near the rebounder that Capella is, uh, is going to hurt their numbers over time even more. Uh, Onyeka, he started 4 games for the Hawks, and here is the opposing center's rebounds. Mason Plumlee had 9 in 21 minutes. Daniel Thice in the same game. Tice, I think it is. Daniel Tice in the same game had 8 rebounds in 19 minutes. Paul Reed had 9 rebounds in 19 minutes. Jared Allen had 14 rebounds in 35 minutes. And Pirtle had 8 in 25 minutes, which isn't that good, but it's worth noting that the Raptors lost that game by 21. So um, it was a blowout. Usually rebound number, rebounds are hard to come by in blowouts. Um, so yeah, man, and why the Onyeka matchup is just so amazing is just because on top of the Hawks being super fast-paced, not a great rebounding team in general, I mean, Onyeka's a low-usage center. Um, he hit a couple threes last game, but like he's only going to shoot like one or two. He's not a, a threat um, to stretch the floor. And unlike Clint Capella, um, who is one of the better offensive rebounders in the game, Onyeka isn't a good offensive rebounder. And obviously... Uh, Easy, uncontested rebounds are what we're looking for. Capella um, makes that very tough a lot of the times because of how good um, he is on the offensive glass. So yeah, Chris Tapp's over 6.5 rebounds. Absolutely love that play. That's another juiced one, but um, like I said, man, really, really like that one. Next up, uh, I know you guys are waiting for the under, and it is came. Um, I was, after I locked in my first five plays, I'm like, okay, what am I doing, bro? I got I to get a fucking under here. So I went with Miles Bridges under 24.5 points, minus 111 at Caesars. So in six games since Lamelo and Terry have been out, or obviously Terry's not with the team, but since Lamelo's been out and Terry's got traded, uh, Miles Bridges, he has 32 minutes in all games. He has 16 or more field goal attempts in all the games as well, uh, in games with 32 or more minutes and 16-plus field goal attempts. He is still under this line in 17 out of 25 games. So... Even though getting great minutes, getting great volume, um, he's done that a lot this year and has really struggled to go over 24.5 points. Uh, he had a blow-up game last game. He was awesome. I think that's kind of uh, bringing this line up a point or two. Um, I don't know the number in front of me, but he had close to 40 at least against the Lakers. 
Uh, I'm kind of chalking that up to him getting up to play LeBron. You know, that's like a thing. Like, it sounds stupid, but it really is a thing. Um, you know, you're, you see LeBron on the other side of things, and you just want to go off. You know, it's like gain his respect, uh, all that stuff. Like, that's definitely a thing. Uh, also, it's like the Lakers were playing in Charlotte, um, and I'm guessing that they definitely were not on their A game. So kind of chalking it up to those two things. Uh, now they get the Raptors, who, uh, if you just look at, like, last 15 numbers, is what I do. Uh, they've been awful on defense. But in my opinion, those numbers are heavily skewed due to Pirtle being out for most of those games. Uh, Pirtle literally is their only rim protector. Like, they were playing, like, Jonte Porter and, like, 6'6", Thaddeus Young at the center. Like, uh, literally had zero rim protection, and which that is important because Miles Bridges, um, he's kind of a slasher at heart. A lot of his points come from that. He'll obviously shoot the three ball and stuff, but... Slasher at heart. Uh, it's important that you have some rim protection in there, and the Raptors do have that now uh, with Pirtle back again. Uh, and then individually for his matchup, I mean, Miles Bridges, you should see a ton of Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes should be his primary matchup. Um, Scotty Barnes, a very solid defender, very athletic, ton of length. He's just a, he's just a really good defender. Raptors, uh, they are 2-12 and 12 in their last 14 games. Uh, you see Charlotte on, this, on the schedule. They should be itching for a win in this spot, and I, I truly think that they just show up on the defensive end, especially with Pirtle back and healthy here. And last thing I wanted to note about this Bridges play is that it's also worth noting that Gordon Hayward uh, got upgraded to questionable, and that's like the first time he's been questionable since he's went out. So usually when that happens, like when people miss extended time and then get listed questionable, it just means that they're gonna uh, they're questionable. They're gonna go through warmups, and typically nothing goes wrong, and then they'll play. So. Uh, I think it's very likely that Hayward plays in this one, and uh, he's just going to cut into some field goal attempts, like 100% if he plays. So I uh, thought I'd mention that for the last little thing. So yeah, man, uh, those are the six plays. A quick go over them again. Played Draymond over 6.5 rebounds, minus 135 at DK. Jakob Pirtle over 19.5 points and rebounds, minus 115 at FanDuel. Tyler Hero over... Um, six and a half points, minus 118 at FanDuel. Uh, James Harden over uh, eight and a half assists, minus 113 at Caesars. Kristaps Porzingis over six and a half rebounds, minus 135 at DraftKings. And then last one was Miles Bridges under 24 and a half points, minus 111 at Caesars. So, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, sorry if my energy was pretty shit in this podcast, but I mean, like I said, man, currently looking at my clock, it is 3.27 in the morning, and I live with four other people and don't want to be a loud fuck at this time of the hour, and I'm also fucking tired myself, so, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, uh, best luck on your bets today, hopefully uh, Chris Middleton doesn't happen, uh, one of my overs again today, really fucked up a great day, uh, needed that too, and he just got fucking hurt, so, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen today. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in once again. You guys have a good one.